Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows, keep up with the latest breaking news, and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at Talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill. Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We got a killer show for you tonight. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk MotoGP. We're going to talk flat track racing. We're going to talk some Formula One. We got a couple live guests. We got Jeff Mosing coming on in just a minute, and he had a crazy weekend. Ended up on the podium, second place winner in the Continental Tire Series. He had a lot more excitement than that. That uh, something, not the kind we like, but we're going to check in with him, see how he's doing. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little IMSA because they were at Watkins Glen. And uh, let's, uh, you know what? Let's see if we can get Jeff Mosing on pretty quick. Looks like a producer's calling him right now, but we're going to set that up a little bit because. Um, he had a crazy weekend last. It is so you know Watkins Glen up is up in New York, and it is one of those beautifully scenic tracks that really looks like it's going through the woods and things like this. I mean, it's a great area, has a lot of history. Uh, you know, has been home to Indy cars, has been Formula Series, Formula a lot, One, has been a lot. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, you know, it's got quite a history. <laughs> Excuse me, and I know Jeff has uh, been there quite a bit, and has done very well there so uh he also teamed up with eric foss uh in the continental with uh the second race of the weekend for him but uh you know it's just something else jonathan have you been to watkins Glen? i've never been actually you know, <laughs> I I mean, is this the first but i feel like i've seen it so many times i feel like i've been there but uh, yeah, yeah it's a classic yeah well i, I was, i'm just surprised you haven't been because you've been to every other racetrack i've ever <laughs> yeah, asked pretty you. much yeah i know I'd like to. Uh, it's definitely on my bucket list because um, everybody who go, goes there talks about uh, in glowing uh, form about what a great racetrack it has been and, and, and the history and so on and so forth. Yeah, so. when was Formula One there? Oh, gosh, back in, the, back in the 70s. Yeah, but it was there for a while. Yeah, yeah, about 16, 16 years or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the longest run of Formula One in the United States, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and of sure. course, given where it is up in the Northeast, um, you know, there's a tradition, a lot of Italian, a lot of New Yorkers, you know, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a definitely a big history of following a Formula One up in the Northeast. It's probably the strongest area that in California, um, for following of Formula One, uh, in this country anyway. Um, but of course that's changing now that, uh, Circuit of the America's here because we get, yeah. get, 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 get interest down here now. It's working out. I'd say yeah, it's yeah. working out. It's working out fine. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of Circuit of the Americas, let's talk yep. about we got a, some. Uh, they've been some adding some series to both F one yep. and to WEC. Well, we're waiting on Jeff Mosing, he's going to call in here in just a minute. But let's talk about some of these upcoming series at Coda. I'm particularly excited of two single seater series that are coming to the Circuit of the Americas. One is the F four. Uh, so we've got the future uh, very much because the F four is a 
junior single seater, but pretty much basic straight out of carts kind of car. Uh, you know, uh, we're talking 120, 130 horsepower. Um, slicks yeah, but and wings. Like 1,100 pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. Slicks and wings. But basically, for a 15 year old coming out of carts, wanting to actually take seriously. So it's, it's sort of road to, road to indie type kind of Formula Mazda, Formula Ford type cars. Slicks and wings, but uh, beautifully made cars. But it's a new Formula F4. And um, it's around the world and it's coming here uh, to the Circuit of the Americas. And the fact they'll be coming twice. They're coming during the wet weekend uh, in September and then on the Formula One weekend too, which has got to be a huge thrill for any of the kids um, coming to that because you're on the world stage, uh, both at WEC and, of course, Formula One. The other is the V8s, uh, the Formula V8s. Now, the V8s used to be known as the Renault 3.5. It's where Alexander Rossi, uh, you name it, Ollie Rowland, all these guys uh, who've come through the ranks, yeah. um, you know, Daniel Kvyat, um, they all went to Renault 3.5. Will Power uh, was a Renault 3.5 um, cool. uh, graduate. Uh, and so it's been the breeding ground for Formula One. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Renault 3.5 was probably the leading um, avenue, uh, even bigger than GP2 and GP3, of bringing the next Formula One drivers through. Um, and now it's still going. It's not you- known as Renault 3.5. It's just known as V8 now. Um, I think they still keep that 3.5 in there. It's yeah, World Series Formula V8 3.5 yeah, or something it's like a that. Yeah, three and a half league, the V8 uh, championship. And you know, the, more, more importantly, it's really badass. I mean, it's as close it's to Formula really 1. It's loud. Yeah. Because it, these are open Like real Formula cars? And that's, yeah, yeah I'm going to say, that's why you keep the V8 in there. Because these <laughs> things are noisy, big, and loud. And I mean, if you want Indy to come to Cota, this is about as close as you're going to get. And it's their first ever... Um, jaunt to the US of A. It's been a, a European-based series. Uh, it does involve some of the best drivers in the world, and they will put on a show. I'm really looking forward to um really looking forward to being part of it as well. Yeah, what about the 24-hour series, too? We've got that endurance race coming to Dakota. That's, I mean... Yep, that one's coming uh, in November, uh, the 9th, 10th, and 11th of November, uh, the Hankook 24-hour series. Um, that's going to be interesting. Um, first and foremost, we've never had a 24-hour race. Yep. Um, this is an established series that races in Europe and in Dubai. Um, and so, it, you know, it's not just a one-off that, that, that no one's ever heard of. This this is a, a bona fide series, and I'm just looking at the schedule. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, and any 24-hour race, I, I would, I, you know, anybody who wants to learn about motor racing, and this is GT cars, but it's kind of... You know, if, if you talk about WEC as being the prototypes and the world's sure. best endurance cars, the Le Mans cars, these are more of the production-based cars. All right. Well, well, tell us, what is an event like that? Uh, you, know, you, you know, you know of the 24-hour Le Mans. Sure. What's that like as a spectator, though? It, to be honest, it's a festival. It's like going to a uh, like a three day festival, rock concert festival, because huh. it, it's just that. I mean, ACL you, you, with motorsports. It's basically <laughs> pretty much because South by with. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I don't think this will be... I mean, Le Mans certainly is that. There's plenty of extracurricular activity, as it were, camping and so on and so forth. But I think this is the sort of event that could actually, you know, get the real spannerheads out there um, because it is it is just that. It's a real endurance. You're sitting there and these cars are going round and round and round. I've done it a couple of times where I've been to um, 
spa, for example, and spa Francochamp, where they have the 24 hours. Right. The, the town of spa, where you, as you well know, it's not that far away. So you go to a 24 hour race there and you get all excited and you watch the start and then they off they go and then the sun goes down and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. And okay. so you get head into the town, which is what will happen here in Austin. Right. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll have a nice steak dinner and all the rest of it. And you get to about 10.30 and you head back out of the track and they're still going around. <laughs> uh, and then you kind of go, oh, you know, I'm kind of tired. And then you go back to bed and you get up in the morning and you get, get back to the track and they're still going around. <laughs> and it, it, it really is quite bizarre that a race, and it, it's captivating. It's like the 24 hours of um, Daytona, the same thing. I mean, it's just incredible. And, and when you're leaving it, you almost have this kind of, you know, pang of, wow, what this is still going on and I'm missing it. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it. I mean, I haven't been to a 24-hour race yet. And that's definitely, you know, one of those bucket list items. It's and, different. And to have it right here, too. You know, I can just imagine as spectators that you're, you know, camping out. I don't know if you're actually going to get a nap in, but my gosh, you're there for 24 hours. It's going to get surly at times. <laughs> yeah, I hope it does become a, a sort of festival kind of camping type thing because that's the way you should market it, I think. Uh, because, like I said, you can't just show up, you know, for a couple of hours. Uh, it, it is one of those sort of involvement um, situations, but uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a, it'll be the first time. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. Definitely excited. I'm, I'm waiting to see what else goes on in it. And we'll, as we find out those schedules, we'll we'll get them out as well. Hey, so I don't know if we're going to get to get Jeff. I know he was uh, standing by when I spoke to him. He was trading planes in Detroit trying to get home an hour or so ago but uh, a little bit longer ago you i mean it was enough that he was going to land here and give us a call but let's just get you wrapped up on what happened so yeah, it was crazy so this was an absolutely crazy crazy event in friday's gt3 cup race uh jeff and, and a whole host of guys there were nine cars involved in this incident second lap of the race uh over one of the hills there that they came in and there was a a mix-up just over over the hill. And so that's where, you know, Jeff comes powering over the top, blindside catches, you know, tops the hill, and a melee is broken out in front of him. And so, you know, he has nowhere to go. He manages not to make too serious of an impact, basically. But uh, And then a whole bunch of cars came in right at behind yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know what? There's Jeff checking in right there. Hey, buddy. Welcome back to hey. Austin. Hey. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> Good deal. And now, if, if Jeff sounds a little slower than usual, he's probably on some serious pain meds, and, and he's just got home to I some air it. conditioning. But, uh, Jeff, hey, first off, we're glad you're okay. Sorry the uh, sorry Trixie got beat up there. But uh, – we are just describing what happened and how this was early in the race that uh, you came over the hill and uh, there was a brawl in front of you. Tell us about that from the driver's seat. Yeah, you know, uh, Porsche GT3 Cup, uh, most of the surprises are usually uh, in the first lap. And, uh, you know, by some small miracle, I guess, we were all able to get through there on the first lap, uh, most of us two by two. Uh, without incident. Um, the second lap, um, you know, I could see things happening in front of me and from what I understood is, and, and from what I understand with the new cars also, is it's it's extremely tricky to try to go flat out uh, up the asses in the new cup car. Um, they just have so much speed and, and 
not the arrow of what a you know typical car with wings and things on it. Uh, and so uh, one of the drivers, uh, it might have been uh, the three car, you know, ended up glancing off the wall to the right, uh, bumped into a uh, Rossetti. Right. And I could see all of it happening in front of me. And I checked up from about 140 down to about 90, uh, you know, just continued to slow down. Uh, those two cars started to move in front of me, and I was just figuring that, you know, it's pretty inevitable. I'm going to impact them, so I continued to try to slow. They started to move back to the right, and I relaxed off of both, you know, uh, I relaxed off of the brake pedal. Uh, and then about 20 feet before I got there, they got knocked right back in front of me again from all the subsequent uh you know, all the other cars trying to check up. So there, there just wasn't anywhere to go. We looked at video and, you know, even, even people who were further back, the only option they had really was to come to a complete stop. And then they were getting rear ended from behind. You know, as you can imagine folks, you know, there's a lot of video out there of it and it, it was a very intense situation. And, you know, it's just what Jeff said. Trenton was, you know, trying to avoid Remo and, you know, they tag team bounced around off the off the ropes, if you will, right back into the middle yeah. of matters. And so, yeah. uh, you know, that race ultimately did not wind up being completed. They're going to reschedule that race because it took so much into it. Well, Jeff, yeah, how, there, there was. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, what happened? I mean, I know you had to go to the hospital. Are, are you did you have any injuries? Are you feeling all right now? I, um, I've got, I've got moderate back pain, but it's all muscular. Uh, they, I was, I was really the only fortunate one to, uh, to get discharged, uh, the, the night of, you know, all of us getting admitted. Uh, the other three drivers had anything from, uh, fractured, uh, ankles and wrists to broken ribs. Wow. Uh, uh, somebody had a, a fractured hip. That's um, a and then, uh, East step, they wanted uh, Eastep was in pretty good shape, except that he had some, um, I think some swelling or not swelling, but some bleeding around the brain, but they weren't concerned about it, but they wanted to keep him overnight. Yeah. So, folks, well, and I'm assuming Jeff, after, you know, you, this crazy crash, you're in the hospital, you went ahead and went home for the weekend, right? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks, you got to remember Jeff arrives with a little bit of Louisiana crazy man Cajun in it well, and the Texas you know, swagger. So, you know, here you go. Les, Les knows historically that, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been involved in a lot of uh, good championships, but uh, never won one. Um, I've had multiple uh, second place finishes, uh, both an MX-5 Cup, uh, GT3 Cup, uh, and, and also in Continental. And uh, the ones at Continental, one of them was due to a back injury, uh, a lower back problem that I had at uh, Monterey. I wasn't able to compete. And uh, uh, Eric Foss went on to win the championship uh, for the team. I think I ended up third in the points that year. So things were going through my head when I was sitting in the uh, uh, medical on on site at Watkins Glen. And... uh, I'm not going to lie, I started to get a little teary-eyed when I was talking to my wife about it because I, I knew that there was a possibility that I wasn't going to be able to run the next day. Uh, you know, less than 
24 hours, we were going to be racing in the uh, Continental 120. And um, <laughs> I was just, I was gutted. I, I didn't, you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to give up that easily. And so when we, when they took me to the hospital and they, they scanned me and they x-rayed me and they said, you know, nothing's fractured. It's all just muscular. Frankly, I was a little disappointed. They didn't give me any pain meds because I was, <laughs> I was in pretty severe pain. They said, just alternate uh, Advil and, uh, and Tylenol, which are my new sponsors now. <laughs> um, and rest up in bed, not 190 miles an hour. <laughs> Well, they technically did not give me a, a, the the official, you know, is good to go race again. Oh. So what I had to do was I woke up the next morning and I was joking around with Eric. I said, man, you know, I really think that I can get in the car and I could barely even get out of the bed. I mean, <laughs> if, the race, if the race would have been green at 9 a.m. in the morning, there was no way that I was going to be in the race car. <laughs> if the race would have been at 10.30, I don't think that I would have been in the race car. But as the morning went on, I had breakfast, and I, I went took a shower, and I was stretching in the shower with the hot water and stuff, and my my gait picked up, you know, where I could walk. And, uh, <laughs> and I could bend over and touch my toes, I think, actually better than before the wreck. Um, <laughs> Stretched, yeah. Amazing what motivation out. does for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't, I, you know, whether it was the fans chiming in and, and uh, wishing me well or what, but I just didn't want to see another championship slip away. Okay. And uh, How, how you know, was the so race itself and how comfortable were you? It was fine. Uh, I qualified uh, fifth. Uh, you know, this the qualifying went on, of course, before the cup race. And uh, so I had qualified fifth, but I think that uh, – uh, the 44 car, the Nissan, got bumped uh, out of position, uh, and they had to take the second fastest lap because they, I think they they exceeded track limits on the on their fast lap. So I ended up starting on the grid in fourth, and I told Eric, I said, "Look, I'm not going to be any hero or anything. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna truck around and take good care of the car, and I'll get it to you and let you do your job." <laughs> <laughs> I lied. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jeff, that, that I is. Got the, I got the I got the call for green, and uh, you know I was leading the race before turn one, and uh, never looked back. I don't think uh, I think Galani was uh, the gap that he got the closest was maybe three seconds or four seconds. Um, I just drove my tail off, and uh, uh, we ended up going to a caution and then uh, a red, and and I kept. I kept telling them, I was like, I, I feel fine. Everything's good. I, I'm not in any more pain than, than I was last year when I got hit uh, in the S's in the, in the Connie car, and we had to put it back together, you know. Uh, so it was, just, it was just to manage the pain. Uh, there was nothing shooting or, you know, it didn't, it didn't ever increase on me. So, Well, Man, that's crazy, Jeff. You know, what I walk away from there is Jeff better be giving his family another big hug tonight. And uh, well, Jeff, congrats on the thank you on that placement. I, I know you're in pain, so we're not going to keep you up any longer. But uh, welcome back Great to Austin. Story. Thank and you. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. We'll yeah, be uh, in the end result. We finished third, but we're now we're we're we've got an eight point lead in the points now in Continental. So that's awesome. there you go. <laughs> super excited. I mean, you know, we ended. We ended the weekend on a high note, and that's that's all that matters. All righty. 
Well, Jeff, thanks again for joining us on Speed City. Get well soon, buddy. Hug the family, and uh, we'll see you around town and out of Dakota and on TV. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I appreciate y'all, as always. All right, thanks, thanks, Jeff. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and take a quick first break. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas. When we come back, we're going to talk some MotoGP. Listen to Speed City, back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Get breaking news, exclusive contests, and more delivered right to your inbox. I like knowing things. Join the Right Choice Club at Talk1370.com and you'll be in the know. Just go to Talk1370.com and click on the Right Choice Club from Talk 1370. The Right Choice. Talk 1370. The Right Choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Gene Haas, we're going to talk about the Haas F1 team here in the next segment. Hey, you know, isn't it rather appropriate that uh, Gene Haas welcomes us back in Fourth of July week? Thanks, Gene. I love that. That's a good point. American F1 team. Hey, go, hey, boys. Let's uh, let's not talk about F1 yet. Let's talk MotoGP because uh, it's the summer break and the season's starting over. Because yeah, pretty much. Nobody wants to win the no, championship. Nobody wants to w- win this one. Um, it's it, uh, you know, first and foremost, the Saxon Ring was a bit disappointing this morning. To be yeah, honest, a uh, bit, yeah. I, it's one of those races where it doesn't matter where you are in the season. It doesn't matter if Marquez has won every race so far. The Saxon Ring is special. It's always great racing. Today wasn't really that the case, Special. unfortunately, yeah. um, because the Saxon Ring usually does throw up some really close racing. Unfortunately, it was a good battle at the front uh, between uh, Mark Marquez, who, by the way, first and foremost, uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the championship, think about this for a second. He's won eight consecutive races at the Saxon Ring. So clearly, Cota and the yeah, Saxon Ring... I was Ring. thinking that same thing. <laughs> Cota, he's won five straight now, yeah, I guess, It's amazing. Right? I mean, that kind of consistency is, is pretty impressive. 
Very impressive. But, um, yeah, the, the story this weekend was nobody could pick the right tyre. The conditions were tough. Rossi on the third row, but battles his way to fifth. Uh, Marquez wins the race, uh, and a new star is born. We've been, yeah. talking, we've been talking about um, Zarco all, all year, uh, and Vinales, you know, kind of making their names. And now um, get the coffee on, because Jonas Folger is, um, is going pretty – I mean, he almost won the race. He yeah. led for a while, uh, and the German that came up from Moto2 um, has made his name. And what what's amazing me about this season is that you've got Tech 2, Tech 3, who Colin Edwards used to ride for, now knocking on the door of the factory Hondas yeah. when the factory Yamaha is fighting for fourth and fifth. It's crazy, And yeah. the Suzukis that were leading the championship, you know, the, we're, you know, were all the, the, the coming men, as it were. So it's a weird season where Dovey's won um, for Ducati, Honda are now winning again, Yamaha have won, and, um, you know, anybody else want to take Laura's? I think, you know, Aprilia are next. It's been fun to watch the real-time championship stats because... We're halfway through the season, and every time somebody makes a pass in the middle of the race, it changes the whole championship standings. Yeah, well, and the beauty of it is, you, you talk about, like you said, the reset button. I mean, there's a long way to go in this championship yet. Um, the August break, as we call it in MotoGP, is their summer break, uh, and they go into it, and it's effectively uh, you know, just over the halfway point now. Uh, and you've got five riders, well, six riders... Seven if you include, well, eight if you include, uh, well, here we go, you see. Yeah, but you can't, no, where are you going to start? <laughs> I'm going to, to be I'll, I'll stop at Zargo in in, uh, in sixth place, but he's on 84 points right now to Marquez's 129. Um, but when Danilo Petrucci is a man on form, put it this way, the two-time world champion Jorge Lorenzo is ninth in the championship at the moment on 65 points. Uh, Rossi is just now dropping to fourth place behind Dovi, who was leading before, behind Vinales, who was leading before, and now Marquez, who's only won two races, but is now leading the championship. And I think the ominous part, if anything, is that Marquez seems to be hitting form at just the right time. Yeah. Well, look at that. There's 10 points between the top four. Valentino with 119, Dicioso 23, 123, Vinales 124, and Marquez 129. That's That's crazy. I mean, this is a championship that goes around the world. I mean, we've still got to go to Malaysia and Australia and Spain. And, of course, it finishes in Valencia in November. So it's a long, long way to go yet. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, tune in because um, it's going to be one of those championships. If you don't have the app, I highly recommend it. If yeah, you don't have you Bean Sports. That MotoGP app. Yeah, I love if, it. If you, you buy watch. it for the season... I love because you can watch any segment of the race. They've got all the, the markers. And they highlight it, yeah. They yeah. highlight the marking points, which is kind of cool. I love the I love kind of the high motion, uh, the slow motion um, um, bits on, on the races and seeing the, yeah. the action in slow-mo. It's really kind of cool. Are those, what are they, like a 1,000 frames a second? Mm-hmm. Those are really good. Well, hey, we've got some clips from, from the, the top riders today. Let's, let's start and let's play, um, let's play the winner. Let's play a clip from Mark Marquez. In the beginning, it was a great surprise because uh, it was Folger there, and I said, okay, he can be fast, uh, maybe he can finish between me and, and other riders and other uh, opponents for the championship. But, uh, but then, lap by lap, become uh, more and more uh, like, you know, uh, was there, uh, never drop, uh, was very, very, very close uh, all the laps, and, uh, and yeah, it was pushing. 
but uh, he did an incredible race. Uh, two was uh, very tough, uh, really difficult to keep the concentration. But then the last five laps I push, I give everything. Uh, I say, okay, I don't want to arrive with a German a rider in a German circuit uh, in his first victory of MotoGP in the in such a ring. No, so uh, I give my hundred percent for for open the small gap, uh, and in the end, uh, very 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 happy. I concentrate, I'm very happy. There you go. There that would have been a story, though, Folger, Folger winning that. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I can't help it. Same coffee. I can't help it. I can't stop. No sugar in mine. <laughs> it really woke me up, this race did. <laughs> Better than coffee. That's a good story. Uh, I, to be honest, uh, the sort of if you like the subplot of this uh, season is, you know, we've had Marcus's rise. We're now seeing um, Jonas Folger. We're now seeing um, Johan Zarco, um, Vinales. All these young guys are coming through now, and it really is good to see Petruzzi, uh, Daniela Petruzzi. What a great story. I mean, and also the non-factory rises. I mean, you compare this to Formula One. You've got Daniela Petruzzi out qualifying both factory um uh, Ducatis. You've yeah. got Yunus uh, Folger on a Tech Trois uh, Yamaha, which is supposed to be a non-spec kind of not as good as the factory Yamahas of Rossi, um, you know, and, his, and Vinales. So it, it's really good news uh, to see it mixed up and jumbled up like this uh, in a point whereby now um, pretty much you can't necessarily say who's going to be the man on form any weekend, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's a good way to compare this. If you were to compare this to Formula One, yeah. it would be like, you know, way down the grid, somebody else, you know, I don't know, the the Sahara Force India guys all of a sudden leading the championship or something. Yeah, it is. Very similar. Or Haas suddenly going, right, yeah. we've got Paul, we, we, we've locked out the front row yeah. for, for this particular Grand Prix. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. So, well, let's play another clip. Let's uh, let's play that. The, the Jonas Folger. Let's play him. Jonas. I made a big mistake in turn one. I went wide and I lost immediately one second or one and a half seconds and then I tried to recover. I put on my my strong mapping, you know, and then I, I, I yes, I burned the tire and uh, and then he was gone. But <laughs> I, I tried to come back. I was really many times uh, close to crash and I said, okay, I stopped. I tried two more, I tried two more, uh, two more laps and then I almost crashed. So I said, okay, stop, try to stay calm and finish in second. That that was actually a great story. The fact that he didn't crash out, he kept his second place finish. But the fact that Marquez really didn't pull away from him for a long time. And also, I think he mentioned a very interesting point, which is comparable with Formula One: is tire management. Now uh, you've got so much brake horsepower in these Motor, MotoGP bikes, uh, and what they can put down, you know, over two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty brake horsepower down onto the ground. Um, and the tires, you know, basically, like he said, he, he upped the management, the 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 the, the engine mapping yeah. to give full throttle. But you do that at the at the sort of at, at the, the downside, at the peril of effectively shredding your tire. And you could see him behind it trying to stay with Marquez, and, and try as he might, he just couldn't. And that is where chassis design, how Honda, you know, how these teams to get together uh, and manage. The, the tires is is now very much a modern part of MotoGP. In other words, the power versus the kind of it's a bit like the old uh, the old 500 cc days where you've got so much grunt and so much power that uh, it's all about management. Um, you know, ask Kevin Schwantz and people like that when they <laughs> were doing those two stroke days, and it, it's it, 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 it's a you know this year especially it seems that um, that is the battle is to is to is to get the is to get the right amount of power and grip 
um, at these amazing lean angles. You know what? I think Danny Pedrosa, I want to play this clip because I think he had the exact same problem, and I think he talks about that okay. problem in this clip. It was strange because the first two laps I had a huge grip, and I was very fast. Uh, I was right behind Mark, but uh, right after I started to spin a lot. Uh, I tried to manage not to get uh, nervous. Then uh, Folger surprised me and passed me, and he was super strong. I didn't expect him to be so strong until the end. But I started to drop uh, from them, and uh, I couldn't really find more grip. I tried everything I knew, knew but uh, I couldn't really find better grip. So I understood I couldn't uh, be as fast as them, and I tried to manage my, my position till the end. Uh, but we recovered some points, and I think it, it was important to, to, to finish today the race. What do you think about Danny Pedrosa's season this this, this uh, To year? be honest, it, it, it just reminded me of how much he is has been the forgotten man of MotoGP and how this season he is turning that round. He is currently um, fifth of the championship and having one of the better seasons. Uh, he's been much maligned. Um, I mentioned Kevin. Kevin's not ever been uh, too too fond of him uh, in terms of a rider. And, and a lot of people say, you know, you've got that. It's a bit like Hamilton with the Mercedes drive. You know, you've got the, the golden key uh, and the Honda ride is the golden key in MotoGP. And, and a lot of people have been very critical uh, of Marquez's success compared to Danny's lack of success, lack of world championships in comparison. Um, but I'm seeing a different Mark Marquez, and the, and the main reason is Sete Gibernau is now in his corner, another former world champion and another former Spaniard who is, you know, right at the top of his game in terms of at the time and, you know, at the perfect guy as a mentor for somebody like Danny. And I think he's helping tremendously. All right, well, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And sometime in the, hopefully early in the next segment, we're going to have a motorcycle rider racer on the show. A legend. Uh, Brad Baker, Brad Bullet Baker, hopefully coming up. But we're going to continue the motorcycle discussion after the break. You're listening to Speed City. We are live from Austin, Texas. Back up to these messages. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused, but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. 
If every talk radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7 on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show. Hey, this is Gary Garloff. I ride the number 31 Yamalube Graves Yamaha, and you're listening to Speed City. Continuing with our motorcycle theme today, a lot of motorcycle talk. Tough enough. Off. That's a good one for, for Jeff Mosing this yeah, week. that is good. He should have played that going into his segment. No kidding. All right, let's get, we're going to talk some Formula One here in a few minutes, and we're going to try to get Brad Baker on the phone. Uh, but I want to continue with MotoGP because the next clip I want to play was the guy at the beginning of this season we thought was going to run away with the championship early on was no Maverick, Maverick Vinales because what was he? I mean, he was uh, he won the what? Two of the first three, first two? All I know is that it was lead. Yeah, I can't remember now. It's, it's, it's a long season. Uh, yeah. But certainly when he arrived here in Austin, everybody was going, I mean, he was unstoppable. Yeah. Oh, it's um, just insane. Yeah. And, and we actually genuinely thought, okay, this is the end of Mark Marquez's uh, reign. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's almost like this is a whole different season from the beginning. So let's hear from Maverick Vinales. Yes, the impressions are good. I mean, we did a good job. We tried to recover the maximum position on weekend. Today was fourth. We are quite happy. Still, we know we, we have to improve the bike. So, overall, it, it was quite nice. All right, Jonathan, we'll ha- ask you the same question about Vinales. You know, we're talking about Pedrosa's season, but Vinales obviously started off out of the gate like a, you know, a champion. I, I think, like, like I said, I think what we're looking at here is a, a season where the manufacturer, there's no dominant manufacturer, and no one's kind of got that perfect zone you know we talk about motor racing as a, as a moving target and so you're you know, you're constantly having to adapt there is no mercedes formula one there, in, there is in no MotoGP. sweet spot yeah. right now i mean you remember what honda did a couple of years ago and marquez what won nine ten and ten in a row something ridiculous yeah. like that uh, and then uh, you know before that you know um yamaha were, were the golden boys and they could do no wrong um and lorenzo was just kicking butt um so but no one's doing that this year so i think everybody's got some some factors that are good i think honda are now getting to the point where they're consistently good i think that combination of danny riding really well and mark marquez riding really well um are helping honda move forward but then again yamaha as you just heard there they've got work to do um but clearly when the when you know when the when the time is right and the tracks are right for them that bike is a missile so that it just seems to be that there are certain tracks at the moment and the weather will play a part as it always does in in motor gp but there's no dominant manufacturer at this point which is great for the fans well and that's one thing that i i'm really enjoying about this season yeah it's been topsy-turvy and we've seen names go anywhere from not in the top 10 to to winning but uh you know so check that out so you've got honda has two in the three bikes in the top 10 Yamaha's got four in the top ten. Ducati's got three. When's the last time we had a mix like that? Yeah, no, it's that had that many different brands that were up there. Even Aprilia is looking pretty good. Alicia is up there in fourteenth spot, so you can't ignore Aprilia anymore. And I'll spread a world champions from Rossi to Lorenzo to you know to to Danny and to to Mark Marquez. You know we we've got high end riders, really good, competent riders who've 
absolutely achieved across the board, all fighting against each other. And I think this Lorenzo thing going to Ducati has actually, you know, again, changed, turned the tables a little bit um, in, in, in MotoGP. And he hasn't quite got to grips with it yet. Uh, but clearly that Ducati, well, on, again, on the right day, is a missile. Dovey's proved it, was leading the championship, and now, you know, so and, and don't count out. I keep saying it, don't count. We were, do you remember at the beginning of the season we were writing off, oh, hey, yeah, bad yeah. decision, red in the face, <laughs> yeah. red missed, right, couldn't right. get anything right. Well, it's Patrice coming. had some great charges today. You know, at one point, I'm messing with Rossi, but, you know, none of that lasted long. And that's what I love is these guys are, there was a lot of action, you know, paired up battles, I'll say, today. You know, Marquez checked out and was gone, but uh, there were some really good battles. I loved watching Dovey, you know, dice it up back there. I'm just, you know, just seeing all these brands mix up and them winding up. Not two Yamahas battling as as we seem to saw historically last you know, year. Well, I like know, this. What this reminds me of, you, know, you hear people in Austin now who have just started watching MotoGP and they're like totally hooked on it because, yeah. of, because of what makes moto, motorcycle racing in general so amazing to watch that these, you know, you see race car drivers riding around in 220 mile an hour missiles. Well, you see motorcycles with nothing, riders with nothing between them and the concrete. Yeah, basically flexing their ass to stay on. Yeah, clenching yeah. <laughs> I mean, their that butt way. to stay on. That's a, I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah. But it's true. But it's true. But now, not only do you have all of that, you've got all the manufacturers. No telling who's going to win. Who's going to win on Sunday, much less win the championship. Motor, MotoGP is a blast right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it boils down to. Well, yep. Hey, I'm going to play one more clip. Um, I'm going to play a clip because uh, it wouldn't be a... A good group of clips without Valentino, without Valentino Rossi. Let's hear from Valentino. Yes, difficult weekend because uh, we, we suffer. We suffer a lot, like in other track this year. But uh, fortunately, we are able to to work better. And uh, in the race, uh, the, the race was not so bad because I, I, I keep a good pace from the beginning to the end. And uh, you know, I'm happy if I find, if I fight for the podium. But anyway, this fit. Fifth place today is uh, is quite good and are good point for the championship, and we are just uh, just a ten point uh, behind uh, behind the top, and uh, I think that is very very open. I'm very happy. <laughs> That's the other great story again. At 38, he's still kicking butt, and he's very much in the hunt. And you know, uh, a hunt that involves Valentino Rossi is so good for the sport. I mean, I really do uh, fear the day when Rossi finally hangs it up uh, and and comes and just races at the boot camp every weekend because that's where me and Les will be with him, um, and he can show us how he did what he did. But um, no, I mean, it, it, it's just an amazing era. I mean, the I I say, and I I don't think anybody's gonna ring up and dispute it the greatest rider of all time um you know it's pretty hard to argue with it's it's pretty hard to argue with i mean yeah you can talk about hellwood and agostini and all the rest of it Uh, but this consistency at 38 at this level um in this competition i mean that's the other thing um i don't think uh you know when you consider who he's riding up against these guys are no mugs and Mark Marquez, I mean, that just proves it. You know, he's a young buck who's already proved himself capable uh, as a double world champion. And now, you know, Rossi's fighting against him and he's holding his own. It's brilliant. Hey, you know, speaking of, you've mentioned a couple names there. So Valentino Rossi, yeah, See? playing on his ranch. Did you <laughs> yeah. see who visited his ranch this week for a birthday trip? I'm presuming it's not Max Biaggi because he's learned his lesson. No, okay, probably <laughs> By not. By the way, get well soon, Max. He's out of hospital after his crash at 46 years old. Oh, God. So, there you go. 
<laughs> it was uh, Mr. Kevin Schwantz. Uh-huh. Celebrating his birthday this week, and uh, he went to the boot camp. Went to uh, well, he never went to Valentino's last... boot camp. Oh, That's okay. cool. Sorry, I was so uh, spent the day <laughs> playing over there. That's that very sounds cool. cool. Very cool. All right, boys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break and get kind of get caught up. We got to get behind on the brakes there. I'm not sure we're going to get Brad Baker tonight. But... We got Formula One to talk about. Yeah, and I well, I'm going to try to talk about IMSA. I didn't get to watch the IMSA race this weekend. I was sad because I wanted to see the. Uh, we've been following the Michael Shank team and that NSX, and they're now they're on a win streak. I guess now that they haven't put it on the show, that's maybe we shouldn't have them on anymore because now they're winning. Now they're not on the show. I was going to say maybe that, it's because they, they were on the show. I was gonna, they have to sh- change the expression "shank" in golf because it's it just means huge success <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after these quick messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. We know Austin traffic can be a challenge. Come on, I can drive a tank through that gap. Put your foot on the gas and move it. Beat the commute with time saver traffic. Mornings and afternoons on Talk 1370, the right choice. On air, online, and on your smart device, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, I'm Mike Brewer from Wheeler Dealers on Velocity Channel, and this is Speed City. That was fun. You got to meet him, right, Les? Out at Cars and Coffee? or You bet, you bet. Wheeler uh, bloody dealer. This is when they were uh, doing that show. He was looking for a, you know, a 70s Corvette, and uh, they reached out to me and asked me to line up some nice, make sure there were some uh, different nice cars out there that uh, he was interested in something special. And Cars and Coffee is always great. There always is do, something special. Did he and, do a show on one that... Yeah, yeah. He uh, well, actually, you know, had some video, and uh, they looked at. Uh, you've probably seen it. This gorgeous, about a seventy blue Challenger here in town that is just just uh, way beyond compare. And uh, Austin's getting too big, man. I can't. I don't know if I've seen it. It's a beautiful pro touring styled. Uh, you know, uh, a little bit modernized, a little bit. You know, still kept the old muscle car theme to it, but. Uh, great time. Watch for that episode. Uh, I saw it rerun a little while back, and. Uh, had a good time with it. Well, you know what? Before we get back into racing, I want to... I haven't done all of my research yet, but my new road and track came, and I saw the article on the new production for GT. Oh, my gosh. 
that looks like just really G-T-O-M-G? Yeah. Is that what you said? G-T-O-M-G. So the other woman has arrived in your life. The, well, the magazine. Poor old Laura. Well, yeah, the magazine. So the magazine's arrived. The car, <laughs> the car is 450 grand. I don't see that one in the near future. Children don't no. need college these days. Yeah, and not only would not send them to college, they have to sell the children to get to <laughs> I don't think that's legal here. <laughs> hey, if they found out why, then, you know, maybe. But anyway, that thing is going to be just incredible. I mean, they're... The suspension sounds like a Formula One car. It's like the Multimatic spool uh, dampeners. It's got the the 647 horsepower Ford EcoBoost, which I know that sounds a little generic, but it probably doesn't have a whole lot of co- in common with the other Ford EcoBoost, may, except maybe the Raptor. I think there's a lot in common with the new Raptor, but that that's okay. But it weighs just over 3,000 pounds, and the, apparently the handling is un unbeatable in a road car and i mean this was the same magazine that had the new mclaren in there too so we're going to talk some more about that little bad boy road car i mean really because it was really a race car you know as jonathan was going now is that out yet i said no he said but, no. The, but the race car's out i said yeah i they, thought they did a production version a few years ago well they did well they the did 05, a new, yeah. 500 one. yeah but that wasn't wasn't there a this is a this is the next generation uh, yeah, yeah. The, and the people who bought that what was it when it came out in 05 right Liz? yep yeah, yep. those those bad boys. You bought them for 150 grand, and those got as high as 400. Wow! So oh, I, yeah. I showed that article to my wife. I said, "See, when you buy really cool cars, they appreciate. They can they can go up in four and five times in value. But unfortunately, that is a very singular All story. Right, so, uh, so I'll say <laughs> she this. Said, she so, said, "Hey, diamond earrings, thanks." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll say this that uh, Jeff Mosing. You know, if you know Jeff, he's into performance cars and. Uh, that uh, he was on the opportunity to get one of those, or he he had the possibility. He didn't, but he had a couple of friends, and he was telling us, he goes, you've got folks that are into it, and said they did not make the list. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty prestigious guest list. You're talking about the opportunity. this generation, the, the mm-hmm. brand new ones? The current yeah. one, yeah. Wow. And it's a pretty prestigious guest list to try to get in there. Well, I, had a, I was walking down the street the other night, just getting some exercise, walking the dog and stuff, and not far, maybe a dozen houses down from my house. And I'm not, I'm not living in the zillion-dollar neighborhood, but there was a Ford GT in one of the garages. I'd walked past this guy's house a zillion times, and the garage door was open, and there it was. And he was on his phone, or I was just going to go up and just blab in his ear, but he was on his phone. And, but, uh, <laughs> so when the like, local police talk about somebody yeah, standing exactly. outside That's what I was forcing a to. dog to walk <laughs> late at night, we'll know who it is. Yeah. There you go. There All you right, go. well, speaking of Ford GTs and sports cars and stuff, we got to talk a little bit about IMSA. I, I admit I didn't get to watch it. It's been a great season, and we know that sports cars in general are doing great. We're, we're going to talk a little bit because we're going to jump to Formula One, but um, you know, Cadillac won again. Again and again, but this again. time it, it was the Joao Barbosa boys and not the Taylor boys that won that. And of course, um, NSX guys and Michael Shake Racing won for the second week in a row at Watkins Glen. So there's been some good stories out of that, and it's really fun. If you're not hitting that with your DVR, I've, I've got it so I can watch it tonight. That's been really, really fun to watch, and especially it comes here to Austin, so it's fun to watch. That's a but, great story, the Cadillac story. Um, yeah, the DPI. Story. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, really it's impressive. Really fun to watch, but. But let's talk some Formula One, guys. Um, Jonathan, you had a couple of stories, and, and I want to I want to start with one that you. Let's start with the Max Verstappen story because that that one 
could really get interesting. Well, yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm going to make this the catalyst to kick off the silly season. And it's only July. <laughs> so you're officially declaring it I'm now. I'm declaring silly the silly season. season. <laughs> you know, the past couple of years, it's been getting earlier. It's getting earlier. It's but, like, a but, you know, we but, didn't get a freeze and the, preaches, the uh, peaches come out. So, yes, yeah. it's true. <laughs> well, here's why. Um, there is some disgruntlement. There is something rotten in the state of Denmark. And I don't mean Magnuson. No, there is something rotten in Holland. Actually, which is Jos Verstappen is not very happy with the way that kiddo, just 19, uh, Max is being treated. Uh, and of course, he's had a lot of failures and a lot of problems with the car this year. Ricardo is winning, Verstappen is not. And it's starting to boil over. Both, um, as we know, both Max and his dad, Jos, if you knew Jos's career, um, he was a pretty fiery uh, player in his own time in Formula One and knows the game, having been at, at the top of Formula One, Michael Schumacher's teammate and all the rest of it back in the day. Um, so, you know. Um, it's getting interesting because Jos is basically complaining that the, that Max is not getting you know the equipment that he needs to race, which is a, a tough thing to to, to throw at yeah. Red Bull. Yeah. Having said that, this is how Formula One works, and of course there is hints that Ferrari may be interested in him uh, because there is two contracts up for grabs effectively uh, with Ferrari. They've not signed their drivers, i.e. Vettel and Raikkonen, for next year. Vettel's in hot water. He's got a hearing tomorrow after after ramming into Hamilton and the FIA are going to look at it closely again to see if there's any further action to be taken. A lot of people feel that 10-second penalty was not good enough. Um, I think, by the way... on. On that story, I think Jensen Button put that best. You know, it. do we want to keep digging this thing back up? I wasn't sure that was enough. It, it may not have been enough, but I don't know. Do, it, is, do we want to keep digging it up and saying, he said, look, let's just move on. But I, I To be honest, I actually do agree. At the time, they should have given him a, a bigger penalty. Uh, but no, there's no point in going backwards. Well, it, it sets a precedent. If you're going to start listening to the fans on something that professional drivers are judging, whether they're on the track that time or they are the weekend, you know, the the race director for the weekend. I'm not sure I want the fans being that involved. I mean, if it turns into that, we're going to get into the discussion of fan boost again on Formula E, (laughs) and I don't like that. No, we're not. Not in Formula (laughs) 1. Get it. I don't like, you know, outsiders influencing that professional-based decision. Yeah, and it, and you're right. Everybody's weighed in from John Todd to Jackie Stewart to Ross Braun to Valentino Rossi. <laughs> uh, evidently, he had something to say about it. But anyway, going back to my, my silly he season. Said Jonathan Green did that to me at <laughs> Colin Edwards Boot Camp. I will say this. He should have been heavily reprimanded. He should have been taken out of the race or at least given a harder penalty that given him fourth place uh, ahead of Hamilton. That's my opinion. Um, but I agree with you, Les. I don't think we should... I don't think we should drag it on and on and on. It's done. It happened. And you're right. We shouldn't be trial by um, Twitter. Um, there's enough of that going on at the moment. We can rule um, countries by Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, moving right along. Um, finally, the other one is Botas. He has not signed yet uh, for Mercedes. So you've got that. And Grosjean has stepped up and said that he is also looking at the potential of getting a Ferrari drive um, you know, but what I find interesting about all of that scenario I've just described, so you've got Verstappen <laughs> there, you've got Botas in there, you've got Grosjean, uh, Ollie Rowland, who's leading or one of the leaders in GP2, he's also connected to Renault, they're talking about Julian Palmer being dropped from Renault, they're talking about Alonso possibly going to Renault, what's going to happen at McLaren, so there is, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts here, but here's what I will say, why are you going to, I mean, all right, 
Vettel's been a bit petulant and he's been a little fiery on the radio, but are you going to fire a four-time world champion? Mm. Yeah. And really, Raikkonen, I know, he like... might be 37, but I got this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, really, the guy's not driving badly at all. I mean, he was pole position at Monaco. That, that is not a guy past his sell-by. Yeah. And as for Jack Villeneuve, leave Stroll alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stroll on, son. Wait, what did he say? He came back out and, you know, it's what he's done is he's fully invested in his comments from about yeah. a month ago. There's no way he's backing down yet. The, the, the thing is, he's a pundit, right? That's what he's there for. He's yeah. there for his opinion on Italian and, and French uh, TV. And he's good. And he's, I mean, to be honest, as a driver who's always opinionated, and he's a, he is a gifted, just like his father, racing driver. And he's right to say that Stroll has not had the most amazing start to his Formula One career. But I say, give the guy a break. Um, I mean, you know, he's saying that, He's saying that he's a second off Massa. Well, he outqualified Massa, who, by the way, is one of the most experienced drivers, if not the most experienced driver in Formula One right now, driving a car he's been driving for a few years now yeah. at Williams, who are a competitive team. So to give a 18-year-old a bunch of crap... Because what did he say? He came back out and said that... Even he, though, he doesn't take back his remark, basically. Well, basically, he said the, the podium makes no difference. He's still well, yeah, crap. He says, yeah, he said he, yeah, he said he wasn't very good in, in Montreal, which he wasn't great. And, and then, uh, but the, the podium in Baku makes no difference. It's like, well, I don't know why it doesn't make any difference. He outqualified Massa, and he got on the podium. It was a brilliant display. And the kid is just that, a kid in Formula One. Um, he's not, I, I would, I would agree. He's not done what Verstappen did to this sport when he came in. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, you know, give the, give the guy a break. And I think it's the fact that he's Canadian. Leave it off, Jack. You were a great champion. Don't ruin your legacy. Yeah. Well, uh, Haas F1. Now they've scored points for four races in a row or is it five? No, they're going for five. They've scored four uh, they've scored, scored points in four races in a row. And with no breaks, that's pretty impressive. That's awesome. <laughs> Imagine if they had You go breaks. faster without breaks. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, we haven't talked a lot about Haas. I mean, they've had a nice, consistent uh, It's good season. that both drivers it's... are driving well. I think Magnussen's uh, made his home. He's, he's made a nest for himself there. Uh, Grosjean continues to be Grosjean, very fast, uh, but very quick. Fast. Yeah, very quick to stick in the knife and, and complain and... You know, he, he, he's well known on the radio, but I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of uh, Grosjean. I think, I hope he stays at Haas. I think they've got a, a great combination. They're still punching above their weight. I love what they're doing. Uh, long may it continue. Yeah. Well, Les, I know we didn't get Brad Baker on the phone, but why don't you talk about what he was going to talk about? Because it is sure. interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, a, a lot of us had the opportunity to see flat track when they came for the X Games here in the Circuit of the Americas. Well, you know, we're, we haven't had any established flat track racing, legit version of that since. Well, NBC Sports has stepped in and struck a deal with American flat track racing. Starting tomorrow night on NBCSN. Watch it. You're going to be able to see the entire racing season this year. No less than a, a race a week, all the way up until the time, September 23rd, that we want to head to Texas Motor Speedway and watch it in person again. So, that is awesome. Uh, hey, well, we NBC go, Sports Network. There you yep, go. NBCSN. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Speed City this week. Check us out on our, on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Talk to you next week. And Ciao, take y'all. a look on YouTube at our Scott Dixon exclusive oh, yeah, yeah. interview. We'll tweet Ooh, it out. Yeah. Talk- 
keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.